Hello there, loyal podcast listener. It's your pal, Ron. I've been doing the Independent-Minded Podcast for nearly a decade. And for most of that decade, the podcast has been unflinchingly independent. It's right there in the title. That means no masters, no salespeople, no bullshit. Sure, I like that sweet, sweet cash. But over the years, I've only brought on a couple of sponsors. Now, I ain't no sponsor snob, but if I'm going to throw my listeners a pitch about a product... It's got to be a product I love. And better yet, product I use. That's why Mackie is the newest sponsor of Independent Minded. If you're a music nerd like me, a creator of stuff, you use microphones, audio interfaces, portable recording gear, speakers, mixers. Well, guess what? Mackie makes all that shit. And what they make is affordable, lightweight, and easy to use. How much do I love Mackie? I'm not even charging them for this mention. Next month, I'll charge them. But for now, I'm here to tell you that Mackie is the bomb. Find out more about their latest products at Mackie.com. That's M-A-C-K-I-E.com. Independent-minded with Ronnie Scalzo. I don't believe in fate. And I won't say it. All right, you win. You win. I give. I'll say it. A sad, a sad. Destiny! Destiny! No escaping that for me! Destiny! Destiny! No escaping that for me! Destiny! Destiny! What is destiny? If you're a teenage girl learning classical piano in Australia, how do you wind up rocking out in an indie rock band? How do you wind up playing guitar in that band alongside your husband? Touring the world over and shaking your moneymaker in a pair of zebra print pants. Was it all preordained? Are we meant to do what we are doing? Is whatever is going to happen going to happen? Destiny is a hot topic on the Independent Minded Podcast. Food is a close second. But Destiny wins mainly because most of my guests and myself have bought into it in one form or another. On episode 115 of the Independent Minded Podcast, Hannah Joy defines her own destiny as, quote, music or death. Death, that's pretty cut and dry. But music is a vast landscape. You can be an organ grinder. You can play the kazoo. You can sing in the church choir. But making it professionally, that's hard. For the vast majority of us bohemian types, the dream fizzles out. Yeah, you got to put the work in, commit to the craft, make sacrifices. But the wind still blows. And achieving a certain level of success in any field takes a bit of destiny intervention. Hannah Joy's destiny isn't just musical. It's surrounded by love. She met Tim Fitz through music. They got married. They formed the band Middle Kids. Now they're navigating a new sort of partnership. A toddler they named Sonny, who sometimes accompanies mom and dad on the road. Tonight, destiny brings Hannah and Middle Kids to Nashville, Tennessee. The band is wrapping up the final show of their first U.S. tour since the world hit the pause button. And at the end of a rockin' set, the four band members gather close together on stage. Hannah strums an acoustic guitar while the others sing along a cappella. It's a tender, communal moment. Middle Kids has done greater things than this. They've played on all the big talk shows. They've toured with big-name acts. They've made cool music videos with choreography and horses. They're indie musicians, but they're pros, too. 
And this little moment at the end of this medium-sized show seems like a big deal. Many musicians like Hannah have felt less relevant these days, more desperate to find meaning in their own lives. I know that feeling, maybe you do too. For some in the unforgiving music industry, these interesting times may have signaled the end of the road. But instead, Hannah Joy finds herself back on it. And she sounds relieved, not because the tour is over, but because the tour happened. For Hannah Joy, if destiny is truly music or death, I think we're all grateful that she's rocking out again. Hannah and I discuss the joys and perils of motherhood, her classical piano roots, the vulnerability in her songs, and the awesomeness of Waffle House. Let's kick things off with the song Questions from Middle Kid's sophomore album, Today We're the Greatest, then my conversation with Hannah Joy, right here on Independent Minded.
it did feel like a special night that show even it was one of our smaller shows but it just felt like i guess it was our last show and the crowd were there was just a nice vibe in the room i felt and practically we celebrated that night by going to waffle house at 2 a.m which was <laughs> the perfect celebration <laughs> i'd never been before we passed like hundreds of them just you know doing laps around the country yeah so that was really fun and we just like you know we've had like pretty strict kind of rules on this tour about to try and protect ourselves from COVID. So we, we weren't like going out to bars and restaurants unless we could go outside. And that for a touring musician is like a big part of what you do on the road to kind of like feel like you're having a good time and stuff. Right, the full experience. Yeah, so to not have that on the tour was like you felt it. So then we really had a big night on Friday night and it was really fun because it's been, you know, two years since we've done a tour here. And before that we were like touring here pretty nonstop. So... It felt really great to be playing again. And you just get super tight. You know, when you do like 25 shows or whatever, just in five weeks, it's just so good for your chops and good for the songs. And just so by the end of it, you're not even really thinking about it. You can just enjoy the people in the room and the connection you have with each other. And so that's that's felt amazing. Was that a thing that was a spoken thing amongst the band? Like in the moment of playing one show after another during this period talking about the catharsis of it, talking about how special it seemed considering that it's been a while? When you haven't had it for a long time, you almost like don't realize how much you've missed it. So we just, this whole five weeks has just been like, we've just kind of been like, it was like a fever dream, you know, we're just blissing out the whole time. <laughs> what did you do in the interim between the waffles and now? We actually got our baby back. We, cause we... Yeah, I want to talk about that. <laughs> you dropped a bomb at the end of the show last night that I'm, and as a casual fan of the band, I was not you know, familiar with the fact that your parents. Yeah. And your child is on the road with you. Yeah. He came over with us. He kind of just would like bunker down in certain spots. Like, so he did like East Coast, Northwest, and then like LA. So he would just stay there and I'd get to like fly back if we had a couple of days off and just see him in between. This is the first time doing kind of a more extensive tour as a mom and yet it's like different worlds, like being a musician and being a mom and just trying to figure out how to like bring them together. Yeah, how do you, I mean, what was that conversation like with your husband to decide, yeah, let's do this and we'll be all right? It probably wasn't as planned and thought out as it could have been, but I mean, that's kind of the way we roll in many ways. And I'm glad it was that way because actually if you like, if you look at it, it almost looks impossible. Yeah. yeah, so I'm glad we kind of didn't look at it because we wouldn't have done it, you know, and that's why a lot of musicians don't until they're a bit older or at least just have one parent in the band, not have both parents in the band because then at least you can tag team. Because I'm the main songwriter of the band, I, you know, need to ride and that energy is like very different to like a mother energy. Like, you know, being a mom is just like every day very like present, engaged, you know, just serving the needs of your child. Whereas like to like write, you kind of want space to kind of go to another place. And those, two, they're almost at war with each other. So I think I've been having to learn how to like carve out those spaces and find them in smaller windows. Whereas like historically, I'm like, I like to go to the ocean and I'll like go on a retreat by myself for like five days and go write a record or whatever, you know. So it's like, that's not as like, practical for me now but just finding other ways to kind of go fishing for music and the threat to me is more that that um, like artist mindset and lifestyle can often feel at odds with parenthood 
it is definitely exciting. It's just now like trying to actually find the time to then dig deep. Um, but it is there. So it's just, that's the tension. But I feel like so thankful that I have the opportunity to try and do both. And that I have like support, like my parents and like wonderful friends who, you know, definitely feels like this kid, like it takes a village to raise a kid. Like he's got a lot of great support. So it's been amazing. Any inclination towards music or is it too young to tell? Well, it's funny. Like we were so like resistant to being the cliche of like, oh, our son loves music, but he actually does. Like all he wants to do is dance and sing. And he, and like we have a studio in our house and that's kind of like where he wants to go every day. So right on. that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. All right. Now I'm a fan of this band since the beginning, since the first EP came out. It's my first time seeing you live. I want to talk about the evolution of your style and, and your music. The Lost Friends album, which came out in 2018, I believe, that was a real like road dog album. A lot of it was written on the road, mm-hmm. as opposed to Today We're the Greatest, the new album. First of all, very cocky title. Uh, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> there's a lot of layers to this new record. It's emotional. There are poignant moments. It's, it seems a little bit more honest. Mm. Was there an intention to that? I love the energy of Lost Friends and I, and we love performing with that kind of energy. But I think in terms of like expressing myself or kind of, you know, finding like new colors and shades for the music, I felt like I wanted to explore kind of like just the a broader emotional spectrum. And for me, like a lot of the music that is quite important, often it is like quite sad or gentle or quite beautiful. And like, I think it just has this beautiful ability to touch you in these deep places and I felt like I like that you know Lost Friends has a lot of guts and it kind of like and that big sound but I also just wanted to kind of explore that from a songwriting point of view but also because that's just like the music that I like I felt like there was space in our sound to kind of have more of those moments playing this record has felt just on this tour it's it's been a shift for us and we're having to still learn how to like Usually we just get up on stage and we're like, ah, and there's like rock it out and high kick it out. And, and you can kind of just do that and just ride up that energy and just, you know, get the hell out of there. Whereas I feel like a lot of these songs on the new record forced me to kind of like not hide behind the noise and just like sing. And it's felt like quite vulnerable. And with like making the next record, I'm like, fuck, let's just go back to like making a lot of noise because this feels too vulnerable. <laughs> but I, Is there I, such a thing as a musician <laughs> as being too vulnerable, right? I mean, you're supposed to lay it all out on the line and there's something pure and awesome about that. And, and I yeah. appreciate that about the new album, especially. Yeah. I mean, that is the point. Exactly. But it's uncomfortable. And um, I guess that's also the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You got to kind of like challenge yourself. Mm. You are a classically trained pianist. Mm-hmm. Who put you in front of a piano to begin with? My family's very musical, and I just was around music a lot. We had the piano and the guitar growing up. Both my grandmothers are wonderful pianists. They're, like, insane. So and, there's legacy here. Yeah, right. and it's cool because one's got an amazing ability to sight read, so she uses, like, her theoretical knowledge a lot more, and then the other one has, like, an amazing ear. So it's cool that I've kind of got both of those sides from them. It all started because my dad used to play like a lot of classical music in the house and there was like Packer Bell's Canon. When I was three, apparently mum and dad just like heard me playing it on the piano just from like listening to it. And they were like, what the heck? And so then <laughs> they were like, you know, so I, I started lessons at three and just kind of really went deep into that classical world and really loved it. It was like very natural place for me. I felt like the piano just opened up my world. 
the relationship with music from such a young age was like quite deep and just like breathing and then it wasn't until I like you know more into my teens kind of then started because I was just like classical and pop you know growing up and maybe I was like 12 13 and my older brother started like giving me like CDs of cool bands like Radiohead and the Strokes and um, oh, nepotism that's yeah. always how it works, yeah. <laughs> and then that really like spoke to me and I was already kind of writing my own songs at that point and so like it's music or nothing <laughs> music or death <laughs> how does a classically trained pianist segue into that indie rock world I was starting to do like quite serious like concert piano like but I was still so young which was like kind of amazing in some ways because then it meant I didn't go too f- deep and I'm like you know in my 20s like I was like 14 and so either like I pursue that to like such a hectic degree that that's what you give your life to but then I was like starting to rebel as a teenager so it was like rock and you know indie music started kind of like suiting my sensibility a lot more I didn't pick up the guitar really until my 20s and um I'm still pretty shit but I just do what I gotta do (laughs) you made a reference to that during uh the performance oh um, yeah at the start of one of the songs how you explain that you were encouraged by your bandmates to just play basic chords and from that some Hannah Joy guitar-driven middle kid songs developed. Yeah. Did you have any help? Or was it just like, hey, here's a guitar. Let me plug it in. And I know how to read music, so I know how to play an E chord. So I play it upside down, the guitar. I kind of play it backwards. like So I'm left-handed and I flip it over. And I oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that yeah. when I was watching you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was a bit younger, like I'd already like kind of messed around a little bit on it. So I kind of just... Every position that I have is not the position. It's just something I use my ear and I was like, that's a G chord. So it's like, I just kind of figured it out, but it is very limiting. Like I can't get high up the neck because the guitar's upside down. So it's like, but I'm not shredding up there. So I'm just keeping my chords, you know, down, <laughs> keeping it down. So it's been really cool. And I like it because when you play the piano, it's such a physical thing and it really grounds you in a way that I didn't want to. Like you can't move that much on the piano and like, also such a like block between you and the audience like I love that the guitar just allows you to kind of connect way more physically and then move your body a lot more and so when I started playing I was like oh this feels way better I felt like I could just kind of really rock out and use my energy physically so much more as opposed to like sitting down at the keys I mean you can still do your thing and that's really fun but I felt like it was quite liberating picking up the guitar and just having this you know little thing as opposed to like a big piano or whatever Musical skill is in your DNA. Is there is there another instrument that you're ready to pick up now that you've mastered? Uh, or yeah. you, you said you're shit, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know you're gonna play the harpsichord on the next <laughs> record. Are you just naturally inquisitive around musical instruments? I did a composition degree in college, so I did orchestration. So I'm very interested in other instruments and writing for them. Like my big dream is to write symphonies, but I feel like I can do that when I'm older. But well, I, is that I, an old person thing to do, or is that a you have other things to do while you're still young and sprightly. Yes, exactly. It's not an old person thing to do, but this is a young person thing to do. True, that's true. <laughs> yes, I've heard that from many people. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I, I'm happy to kind of like, you know, get into that when I, when I'm like, my hand is forced to get into that. <laughs> now your husband Tim pursued you as a producer before mm-hmm. you joined his band. Mm-hmm. You were musical compatriots before you were romantically involved, mm. I would imagine. You know, we met and we were making music. I mean, that was literally like for a few weeks. And then we got together. And then we got married or like engaged like a year in. 
and then we got married and then our first song came out. It was all very like quick over like a year and a half. We've just been like touring ever since. Like our whole married life, we've just been a touring band, which has been really cool. You know, I was talking to an, uh, someone I met the other day and she works with her husband and she was saying like, you get the high highs and the low lows, which I think is true. So it's just very intense. Like you share everything. And often if you're in a partnership, like someone is having a stressful day at work and you can kind of like be there for them. But if, if he's having a stressful day at work, it means I'm having a stressful day at work. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> the shared experience yeah. like bonds you even tighter, I would imagine. Which is cool because then you have a lot of empathy, but then also it's like there's no one to like necessarily like save the sinking ship or whatever if that is a thing which was definitely a thing say even during like COVID or whatever we're both like oh shit but it's awesome like it's just like it just means we can be making things all the time especially because we've got a studio at home I feel very lucky I guess you just figure it out on your own you make it work for you guys but yeah we're just kind of making it up when you started working together as bandmates or Mm. musicians bouncing ideas off each other you know, was that in the ether? Were you guys feeling something and maybe tried to resist it at first because sometimes you want to separate church and yeah, state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we started, I actually asked Tim if he wanted to be in a band with me and he said no. So not even like, do you want to like hook up or whatever? <laughs> but I was like, do you want to be in a band? And he was like, no. And I was like, so embarrassed that I even asked. I was like, oh shit, sorry. But it was like, because he was like, I think I'll fall in love with you and I don't want to do that. He was like in med school and like trying to like get his life on this way. And That's kind of a weird flirt though, like to say <laughs> something like that, right? Because you're basically admitting your feelings for somebody, but he also- He didn't tell me that though. Oh, he like, didn't? No, no, okay. just he in his mind. No, so all I got was a big no. And I was like, oh, cool. You just got rejection he, and, and no explanation. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between doing the tour in your home country and doing it here or anywhere else? It's so different. I think Australia, mainly because geographically we're a huge country geographically, like we're so big and um, you can't drive a tour in Australia. You have to fly. From venue to mm-hmm. venue, sort of like Sydney to Melbourne, yeah, Melbourne exactly. to Brisbane. Yeah, Those are the three I know. Yeah, I- exactly. And they're like 12 <laughs> hours apart each, basically, or 10 hours. So it's... Um, so there's no vans involved. No, I mean, like when you're starting out, we actually did do that. But it's like, there's just like nothing in between. And so you might do like a few shows a weekend. And so you fly here and then fly to the other side of the coast. So it's quite limiting. It's fun. And like, I love playing home. Like Australia is amazing. I love Australia. But the touring experience is so different. There's no tour buses, like none of that. Like, I don't even know if you could get a tour bus. And you feel that as a musician in the scene, you're signed to Domino, which is a big label. Being in Australia is not detrimental at this point. Like, that's home and that's where you guys are going to remain. Well, interestingly, when we had Sonny, we were supposed to move to L.A. when he was three months. Mm. Because we could see that it would benefit our band a lot to be here in America just getting over from Australia, not being around, you just lose a lot of opportunities because, like, you know, things will pop up all the time. And if you're in, like, L.A., you can just, like, pop there or whatever. But it's like, oh, can you give us, like, two days to come? And, you know, and then also for you to make it worthwhile, you need to, like, have a lot more than just, like, one show. So we were going to move, but then, you know, like, six weeks after he was born, we went into lockdown. We're still thinking about it, and I can definitely see us doing a season here. I probably will always end up in Sydney. Like I, I'm just like a Sydney girl. I love the ocean. 
Nice. It's like yeah. very. I'd love to get out there once in my life, at least, just to it's experience amazing. it. It's it's amazing. I'll come see you when you play. Sydney, yeah. When you support the next record, instead of you coming here. I'll yeah, come, come on. <laughs> exactly. You hinted at a third album. What's next for this band? The tour is over. You said you're headed back to L.A. Are you going home? Yeah, I think we all just feel a lot of encouragement and inspiration for being on the road. And I don't know, it was just like this great boost of kind of remembering that like music's really powerful and important and brings people together and is so like special to us. And I don't know, I think during the pandemic, I was ready to like kind of, you know, pack it up and go home. And I forgot how important it is. And yeah, so I think like we're going to just kind of keep making things. And then we got a bunch of like festivals back at home and we'll, I reckon, make the record at home. We're just kind of getting started. And then we're planning to come back to America your summer, your next summer. Summer 2022. Two, yeah. I'll expect to see you. I might not be here. Well, you'll probably be in Australia seeing us there, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. You're the only band I know. Who, is Men at Work still around? I don't know who else <laughs> Who else is big in Australia right Tame now. Tame Impala. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. I really Courtney I like Barnett. Him. They're actually both out here right now. We were the first, like, three bands to leave Australia. All right. You guys are pioneers. Yeah, right? that's it. She's a fantastic singer-songwriter, a classically trained pianist, and a mediocre guitar player. <laughs> Hannah Joy, thanks so much for taking the time today. I appreciate it. So good. All Thank right. You. Have a great one. Thanks. You left your heart in the jungle Ripped off of your red bicycle
That's Stacking Chairs by Middle Kids. Earlier in the podcast, we heard questions, both off the album Today We're the Greatest, out now on Domino Records. Find out more at middlekidsmusic.com. Follow the band on social media at Middle Kids Music. A whole lot of thanks to Hannah for the great conversation, Katie Bestgrove at Lookout Kid, and Katie Nelson at Grandstand HQ for coordinating our chat, and the gentleman Banks Kamek and the fine folks at home that's helping our music evolve for letting me use their fine facility in Nashville. And thank you, loyal listeners. Keep listening and subscribe to Independent Minded on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Send me a love note at ron at baldfreak.com. Follow me at baldfreakmusic and learn more about the podcast and my independent music. You can also stalk me and steal my identity at baldfreak.com. Next time on Independent Minded, an interview with one of my idols, plus the independent music that helped me get through this godforsaken year, and a holiday surprise. You've been good all year? You see Santa Claus tonight? You better run, boy. You better run for your life. (laughs) 